and you're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI New York. I'm John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. You can find us online at independent.org, and that's with a Y-I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T dot O-R-G. In our next segment, we're going to talk about a big victory for Black history in Brooklyn that was recently won. But first, I want to encourage everyone who can do so to give generously to WBAI. You can give by calling 516-620-3602 or going straight to give to WBAI.org. Again, that phone number is 516-620-3602. WBAI is community radio, and it's the support of listeners like yourself that keeps us on the air. And the station can certainly use your help at this time. We really only can do it with, with our listeners. So once again, that phone number is 516-620-3602 or give number to WBAI.org. I'll share that number again later in the show. Now, earlier this month, the Landmarks and Preservation Commission of New York City announced its plans to confer historic landmark status to the Truesdell House, also known as 227 Duffield Street or 227 Abolitionist Place. Not only did the announcement come as Black History Month began, but it was also a victory for the activists rallying behind the downtown Brooklyn home in a years-long fight. The home, owned by anti-slavery activists Harriet and Thomas Lee Truesdell in the 1850s, was part of the Underground Railroad, and many families in the area were also involved in anti-slavery activism. One person crucial in getting the building granted historic landmark status is Mama Joy Chattel. In 2005, Chattel, who was raising her grandchildren and running her hair salon business out of the home, was served an eviction notice along with others on the block. Although she ultimately settled with the city in court, this only began her fight to preserve the historical significance of the home. She ultimately turned the building into a community center that celebrated and educated about black history. Chattel tried once to get the building conferred historic landmark status, and was denied. She died in 2014. The home belonged to private developers slated to turn it into a 13-story luxury apartment building until February's victory, thanks to the Friends of Abolitionist Place, a group that was founded by community activists, including Aaliyah uh, Baki Vaughn and Imani Henry. Here to talk about the home's significance and her mother's role in making the community aware of the home's rich history is Shawnee Lee. Shawnee, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Great. Good to be here, and thanks for having me. You bet. It's great to have you with us. Now, uh, first of all, can you uh, give us a little bit of uh, uh, background on the historical significance of 227 uh, Abolition Place, or 227 Duffield Street, as, as it's been known? I, I'm sorry. I always call it 227 Abolitionist. Place. Okay. <laughs> so, well, it was owned by Thomas and Harriet Lee Truesdale, who were prominent abolitionists in New York or, or in New England, Rhode Island, before moving to Brooklyn. And they lived on Duffield Street from 1851 to 1863. So Harriet Truesdale served on the organizing committee of the Anti-Slavery Convention of American Women that convened um, in Philadelphia in 1838. She was also the treasurer of the Providence Ladies Anti-Slavery Society. 
and she was the founding member of the Rhode Island Anti-Slavery. Well, actually, Thomas Truesdale was the, was the founding member of the Rhode Island Anti-Slavery Society and a colleague of Lewis Tappan, who we know was a, a very prominent abolitionist. So they were also um, friends with William Lloyd Garrison, who frequented their house and even stayed with them before he left to depart for the World's Anti-Slavery Convention in London, which was in 1840. And the house is believed to be a, a part of the Underground Railroad as well. Definitely. There's there's um, imprints in the basement that were, were cinder blocked and it shows like an archway. That archway used to be an opening. It was basically a tunnel that led from one house to the other. So it was connecting the houses where the enslaved Africans would um, go to from house to house. Also, um, Maybe up, we believe it may have led all the way up to Bridge Street Church, which is a block and a half away from from two two seven abolitionist place. So you could actually you could see the arch. You also, my mother also came across um, a door which was covered up by sheetrock. She pulled the sheetrock down. And a door was exposed, and she found out that that door um, was led to a drop, like a seven-foot drop that the fugitives would drop down into and come through that door, through the basement, which led them to the tunnel, which connected to the other homes. It's just extraordinary. It's so, oh my gosh. You get chills, you know, especially when you see the door and you see the archway and you feel and you you just sense the urgency and what everyone went through, even the Truesdales, because, you know, being an abolitionist, you're, you're risking your life. Right. And and that was the era of the Fugitive uh, Slave Act. Um, yes, it was in 18 contained very yes. harsh punishments for people. Uh, yes. Aiding, yes. aiding the, the Underground Railroad. And, and what drove your mother to push so hard to protect uh, protect this building? And how do you want the community to remember her? Well, she was actually protecting herself from getting evicted. Okay. Because eminent domain was uh, declared on her home and she received a yellow um, paper on her door along with the neighbors stating she was being evicted by the city. So she, like I said, she was a grandmother and she was the guardian for five of her grandchildren while tending to her business, her hair salon, with her home just above the hair salon. So she was um, she was a hardworking woman. She was, you know, and I think when she saw that notice on the door, she was not one to take a threat like that lightly, especially when it comes to the livelihood of herself and her family. So she did not take that for an answer. She took the city to court along with the help of Fury, 
that, you know, I definitely want to mention Fury, that's um, Families United for Racial and Economic Equality. They were, they were definitely instrumental in helping my mom go to court as well as the South Brooklyn Legal Society. Okay. Um, they went to court and um, it was settled and she was able to keep her home along with the six other homeowners on that block. So she reversed eminent domain. And that, I believe, is a first. That's very hard York. to do in New York. You, I mean, let's let's put it seriously. There were people who were telling her, please just pack up. Please look for a place. Hurry up and do what you need to do. But you, you know, you need to do it fast. And she just was not going for that. Plus, she's a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what do you think the factor was that made you successful in getting the home granted a historic landmark status the second time around? You were denied the first time. Did last year's Black Lives Matter protests uh, change the dynamics or were there other factors you think? That- you know, I think it was a combination of everything. It is like enough is enough. You have the the movement from the tragedies um, that happened over the summer. You had um, the the pandemic just emotionally draining everyone. Um, and people were just tired. And I think it brought a human feel and a human com- a compassion to everyone. And mm-hmm. you, you, you were able to look a little deeper this time because everyone was crying out, oh, you know, yeah, he got shot by a cop, but he must have been a criminal or, you know, it's an isolated incident. And this summer proved, no, there's no isolated incidences. This is, um, this is something that is a pandemic in itself. You know, racism is a form, is, is a pandemic. It's an illness. It's a sickness that needs to be exposed and acknowledged and dealt with. And I think really with the help of, uh, Imani Henry from Equality from uh, Flatbush for Flatbush and Aaliyah, uh, Vaughn from a circle, uh, circle justice, circle justice, uh, innovations. Mm-hmm. Circle of Justice Innovations, my apologies. They galvanized together when they found out that the home was slated for demolition. They were like, there is no way, no way we can let another piece of history be destroyed. Uh, so they put together petition, they rallied, they protested, they pushed for landmarks to put the home on the calendar. And I I really have to give them credit for for not taking no for an answer. They were very strategic and organized. And I really appreciate them for that. And I have to always, you know, give them their just dues because they really worked it hard. They went in. Okay. And we, we, we have just one more minute here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, briefly what uh, future plans are for the building now that it's a historic landmark and also uh, where uh, our listeners can learn more about the home and how to support you in, in your next steps? 
Okay, so um, Friends of Abolitionist Place, that's the social medias that we're using. So go to Twitter, go to Instagram and Facebook and just look up Friends of Abolitionist Place. It is their intention to keep my mom's vision of creating a museum and heritage center where you could find out information from all you know types of uh, black history culture education um performing arts so that is you know that was our vision and they want to make sure it comes to fruition so you can check us out on all of those uh social media links from there you could dm um if you want to volunteer and and support the vision and the mission because this is my mom said we want more than just a plaque why can't we have a museum and they're really helping to really make this manifest and before i leave i just want to say please everyone listening make sure you become a wbai buddy it is imperative because we need voices um, such as the the sister who you heard on, right before me, as well as the story of 227 Abolitionist Place and Mama Joy, who was the grandmother, on a business owner and a homeowner. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that final thought as well as uh, everything else you had to share today. Uh, Shawnee Lee from Friends of Abolitionist Place, thanks for joining us on WBAI this evening. And thank you so much for having me. You bet. Pleasure. All righty.